Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Binks. We're back, man. Episode 287. Yes, sir. All right. Before we get into it, we want to send a huge shout out to the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. That was a hell of a game yesterday, man. Yeah. Out of all the games I've seen today in the NFL, that Colorado game is still number one. Oh, yeah. The excitement. Holy the, shit. The, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, man. And, uh, you know, we, for some reason, like, People turned into Colorado fans, and I'm not gonna say for some reason for a good reason. Obviously, mm-hmm. you got Deion Sanders as the as the coach, but Coach Brian, I'm I'm watching the game like I went there. You know, you're like, crazy. Man. Yeah, I'm like I'm ha- I'm going through the the roller coaster of emotions. Like I'm a like I'm a real Colorado fan. So yeah, yeah, it's man. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm so captivated by this. And and before before I just give all the praise to the to the Buffs. I want to shout out Colorado State, too. They had some really good players, man. Mm-hmm. Really good players. So shout out to uh, the tight end they had, uh, freaking uh, Dolan Holker. That dude was a beast. Yeah, he's and, a monster. And then you got the wide My receiver. said he looked like uh, the Winter Soldier out there with that little, <laughs> with the little arm thing on. <laughs> he had like a beard. He's a white guy, though. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, he kind of looks like him. Uh, Tory Horton. Uh, that guy is really good. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a first, first round, first round for sure for that guy. If not, then somebody. Uh, yeah, I don't him. know about first round. I think he's going to go in the first three rounds. It's just a lot of talent. You got Marvin. Oh, I don't know how, how old is it? You got the Marvin Harrison Jr. Have you heard about him? Yeah, I heard about he him. He go to Ohio State. He, yeah, he's he really been good. going crazy. He's really good. He has some. I, he has some know. designer cleats on. Really? Yeah, he, I think they were Gucci Gucci cleats. Yeah, these uh these NFL kids is different nowadays. Oh my god, they've been rich their whole fucking lives. Yeah. So him. And then you had the um the two the and the the, the defensive tackle or the defensive end. Uh Kamara. Uh is he related to Alvin? No, no, no. I was just saying you were you were, oh, saying, the you were shouting that, out some of the players. Yeah, Mohammed Kamara, mm-hmm. uh, deep, uh, number eight. That guy mm-hmm. was good. He's a little dirty though. He's got to clean that shit up. Yeah, because yeah, he fucked yeah. him over those last two plays before he got ejected. Yeah. He kept him in the game. That was dumb. So Mohammed Kamara, Tory uh, uh, Horton, Horton, and yeah. that tight end at their Holker. That mm-hmm. those guys are definitely going to the NFL for sure. Yeah. Um. The the Buffaloes. I just I don't know, bro. When when they scored. With the, like two minutes left, I was just like, "Oh my god!" I have to not drive seen the ball ninety eight yards. Man, Shador Sanders, left. Shador Sanders is so good. It's like you don't want to believe it. Like, oh, he's just playing here, but that was just elite level football, man. That when, was when I was what before he went to Colorado because I didn't watch too many Jackson State games. Obviously, they didn't really come on TV, but you could yeah. catch the highlights on YouTube and stuff. When I was watching some of the games, I was like, it just seems like. Um, you know, in college, the, the knock on a lot a lot of successful college quarterbacks is that they 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 hold the ball too long, right? Yeah. You know, they say like everything is just kind of like everything has to be wide open before they throw the ball. But when I'm actually like watching him on a week to week basis, I'm like, this dude is going to be a top five pick in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he, he processes really good. He has really good arm strength. He throws you know accurate passes, and he got more confidence than anybody. I don't know. Him and Caleb Williams is like, you know, the two most confident players in the, in yeah. the country right now. That tight end that was catching all those touchdowns with the Buffaloes, they got him. He's bigger than this, but they had him at 6'3", 215. He's definitely bigger than 215 because he'd be skinny. He was light, though. He was light, but he could. He probably weighed about 230 at the most. 230, okay. Yeah. That was probably – what uh, how old – or what, what year is he? I think he's a junior. Let me he's see a here. junior. Uh, 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 it doesn't say here. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. But some of that, you know, sometimes that, that'd be like, you might gain 15 pounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. D- different positions, you might gain 10, 15 pounds. You, you better. You better. If you're a tight end, you can't. 230 is actually too small, but these hybrid guys are really quick. So look here, man. I think we'll be able to revisit this whole conversation with the Buffaloes later in the year, <laughs> and then we'll really see what they're made of. But right now, they look amazing, and I am. I'm here for it. I I'm am glued in. I am not a bandwagon guy, but sign me up to this bandwagon. Yeah. Sign sure. me up. I'm a Notre Dame fan, but mm-hmm. fuck. Sign me up to the Buffaloes. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Coach he's Prime. doing something. He's doing something amazing. Um, he's doing something that is unprecedented. Um, just the way that he's been able to capture the eyes of casual football fans. It's insane. Like literally changing the culture. Yeah. Like, bruh, if Deion, when I was going to New Mexico State, if Deion Sanders like came with that energy, we was as New Mexico State, you know, students, we would go to the, the games, and they just there to get drunk because they know they're gonna lose. Yeah. They know that you know it's gonna be a, a, a two and two and nine season or whatever the case may be. But if we had Deion Sanders, like I could just, I could only imagine what those Colorado students are like oh, man, they're are experiencing. They're witnessing some shit right now. Yeah. And at the the press conference, he always has something really like sharp to say, <laughs> Dion. Like, what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna aggravate or agitate and articulate. <laughs> we're just gonna go and we're going to move the ball. In addition to make them crawl. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so we ready. We coming. <laughs> we was coming all week, but now we here. It's personal. It's personal. You talk about my mama, and that's a problem. Brad, this Deion, Deion Sanders is so amazing that, one, at our church, they done gathered like 20, 25, 26 people, and we're going to take a bus down to the to Pasadena to watch the UCLA and Colorado game. Wow. That game is that game is next month. So and this is something that put on by like the men's the men's group. And the, and the men's group is 50 plus year old, you know, men. These are people that's older than Deion Sanders. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how like captivating this storyline is. Right. And then also <laughs> our our bishop two weeks in a row has referenced Deion Sanders in, the in the Colorado in the sermons. The the last week was uh, about believing. They didn't about you know his old motto for for the Colorado team is you know is is about believing. Uh, so that was last week, and then this week, <laughs> this week it was talking about overtime. The, the, the title of the sermon was how to handle overtime. So oh, I'm like, wow. this nigga just biting bars from Deion Sanders yeah, every week. Wow. <laughs> We're not going to fall for the articulation, <laughs> the materialation, <laughs> the masturbation. We're just going to go and deliver a product to <laughs> all the students and the fans that come to the game. Yeah. See, 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 for when I was a young man growing up, you didn't make fun of a man's mama. That means you had to fight. Yeah. And I'm ready to fight. Y'all ready to fight? Yes, coach. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I'm going to tell you is that Shiloh is coming. Shadur is coming. I'm coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from the bus all over the field. If it was up to me, I'd be busting in each end zone to each end zone. But I can't play no more. (laughs) First, I'm a high step, and then I'm a bus. (laughs) 
We're not going to fall th- for the mysteriousness, the seriousness, or the ridiculousness of the game. We're going to come and we're going to show y'all how we're going to deliver this product. Right? Can you imagine? I, what's hilarious about Coach Prime is sometimes his intrusive thoughts get the best of him. Um, one time. Uh, was, I know. I already know where you're going with this. I, well, I don't know where you think I'm going with it. No, nah, just go ahead. They asked him, they said, in your career, who was the most who was the most athletic person you've ever known? He's like, it had to be my cousin. He was a crackhead. <laughs> oh, I never, yeah. I never heard that. He said, my cousin was a crackhead. When I come home from school, he stole my stuff, and I never could catch him. Besides that, it was Bo Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga Dion is hilarious. And then he, it, he do operate like that. Like his like whatever he thinking in his head, he, he got to Sometimes he just said. He, and they asked Wasn't, him recently, they said, uh, so how do you prepare the team for hard times? He's like, hard times? Both of my divorces was hard times. Yeah, he did say This ain't tougher than two divorces, then yeah, I don't know, you know. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. what? Uh, I think even when, uh, was it Christian McCaffrey when he ran a 40? It was somebody that was a defensive back. And he, and he was making like a reference of him being white. Yeah. And he was like, look, I ain't going to say it, <laughs> But y'all know what I'm saying. I ain't seen nobody like that run like that in a long time. <laughs> and some, it was this, uh, 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 Chris, uh, I forgot her name. Um, the white chick, the blonde with the blonde hair and the blue eyes. Mm-hmm. She's a sports journalist. Mm-hmm. But um, she had like a dress on. And it was on NFL Network at the time. That's where Dion was working. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> she pops up. He's like, "You wearing that dress?" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "God damn, Dion." I just hope. Man. I hope that no, like, no cop, no kind of scandal comes with this. Like, nobody can say nothing about Dion. I really hope that he's always on the straight and narrow, and nobody can make up some bullshit. Like, yeah. it'd be like some training staff. Like, me and Dion had a sexual relationship, um, and it lasted throughout the whole season. And I didn't have a problem with it until we lost to USC. And I, like, <laughs> I don't think that we this can. This nigga's <laughs> <laughs> See, look, here's the thing. I came to Colorado. I didn't know the white women was that thick. <laughs> and when you got thick women, you want to get in them. That was the, the motto, that, the lingo that I had had at the time. I didn't know that they had booty like that. <laughs> I was like, shit, give me that bull jump. Throw that bull jump back. When I came to Colorado, I didn't know it was just ass and Uggs. Ass and Uggs. I'm coming. <laughs> I seen a bunch of thick white women in Jim Shark leggings, and I didn't know what to think. I ain't never seen that many Lululemons walking around. <laughs> oh, man. We got to stop, man. We got to stop, God damn it! Shout out to Dion, man. Shout out to Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffs. Yeah. And uh, Godspeed. Let's move on. Let's get right into it. Uh, the One Chip Challenge. I'm not sure you guys are familiar with the One Chip Challenge, but it is a challenge where there is a fucking extremely hot volcanic chip that you eat, and you damn near die when you eat it. And, and I've been seeing a lot of people do it over the years, but they've just came out with chips that have gotten increasingly hotter. Yeah. Um. And this chip now, ghost peppers and whatnot. Yeah, they had a chip that was blue, and now they got this red ass chip. They've mm-hmm. they've they've made a, a cocktail of all the fucking chemicals you can find to make this chip. Uh, but some kid died. So on a serious note, this is terrible. That this that this is the case. But let me read this article. One chip challenge pulled from shelves after mother says spicy tortilla chip contributed to her son's death. 
um, uh, Pocky, the maker of extremely spicy tortilla chips, marketed as the one chip challenge is voluntarily pulling the product from shelves after a woman said her teenage son died of complications from consuming a single chip. The chips were sold individually, and their seasoning included two of the hottest peppers in the world, the Carolina Reaper and the Naga Viper. Uh, each chip was packaged in a coffin-shaped container with a skull in the front. Um, that uh, Louis Walaba uh, that, uh, told NBC Boston that her 14-year-old son, Harris, ate the chip Friday, then went to the school nurse with a stomach stomachache. Um, a sophomore at Doherty Memorial High School in Worcester, Massachusetts, passed out at home that afternoon. He was pronounced dead at the hospital later that day. God damn it, what happened? Oh, Lord. She said an autopsy has yet to reveal his cause of death. A spokesperson said in the statement Thursday that Pocky was deeply saddened by the death of Harris and expressed our condolences to the family. And then you Who know, hit harder, Pocky or Pacquiao? I don't know. These chips is killing niggas. I don't know what was <laughs> fucked up. Uh, while the Pocky One Two Challenge is intended for adults only, we have seen an increase of teenage usage of the product. We care about all of our customers and have made a decision to remove the product from shelves. The spokesperson said, "We are actively working with our retailers and offering refunds from any purchases out of our single serve one ship challenge product." Um, the, the the scary <clears throat> thing about this though is the fact that this is bad marketing and good marketing at the same time. Yeah, it's bad marketing because obviously a young person died, which is absolutely terrible. But it's good marketing because people are dumb and they'll be like, I bet the chip won't kill me. Fuck it, bro. Let's eat the chip, dude. It it killed that kid. But I'm a grown ass man. Let's just fucking see what's up, dude. Mm -hmm. Let's go eat some chips and drink a beer, man. And and then as soon as they bite the chip, now they're foaming at the fucking mouth. Mm -hmm. I've seen some people with these one chip challenges, dude. It is hilarious how much pain they're in. Mm hmm. They gave a crackhead the one chip challenge, and he said, uh, "One is one crackhead that was like, I'll oh, just give me the water. I'll just give me the water. I don't care, man. I don't care.' Like the chip was so hot that it like it overwhelmed his his want for crack. Huh. Like it, the chip was so hot that he didn't even care about the crack. <laughs> he didn't no care more. about crack no more. Yeah, it just completely trumped his crack addiction." <laughs> He's like, this is too hot, man. Just give me this water, baby. This is water. And then it was another dude that was a crackhead that he just stood there like, yeah, this is kind of hot. This is kind of hot, man. And it's like, you don't feel the heat. He's like, I mean, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's kind of hot, yeah. That's because his freaking nostrils is burnt up. The nigga numbed his whole face out. Yeah, all that. Cocaine. I can't feel my face when I'm eating hot <laughs> chips, <laughs> and I'm a crackhead. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this this shit is way too hot. I just, I don't see this as a challenge. I just see this as like uh, some monkey see monkey do shit. Like there's a bunch of people that see things on the internet and they just. Repeat it like mm-hmm. we replicate all the same behaviors. It's just it's no different than the um, Kiki. Do you love me? And it was people like running themselves over with their cars. <laughs> people they falling were. out, dumb shit. Running into stuff. There's one with this dude. We we read the article and he was like doing the the uh, what was the what was the name of that challenge? Do you remember? I don't remember. It was a dude that had this big ass lifted truck and he was like Kiki, do you love me? And then the truck ran over his leg and he was like ah. <laughs> It ran his whole fucking leg over. Yeah, that's scary, bro. And it broke his phone. That's scary. So it's like, not only do you get your leg ran over by your truck, your truck's still going down the street without you in it, mm-hmm. right? And you broke your phone so you can't call the ambulance. Mm-hmm. 
What an idiot. <clears throat> That's crazy. Yeah, some of this, sh- and, and look, I don't want to say this now um, just because, you know, a young person lost their life, so I don't want to say this, but I think in a lot of cases, in some cases, it's sometimes it's natural selection for some people. Not going to say all, some young people don't know any better, but there are some people who are of age that do things that can kill them. Mm-hmm. And it's like there shouldn't be a shock when it happens. Now, this is just chips, so you don't expect people to die from this. Yeah. But it has been a very well-known theme that even hot Cheetos will fuck your insides up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's like knowledge now. Like That's public knowledge that these hot chips are terrible for your stomach lining. Mm-hmm. So, uh. Yeah. I mean, even sometimes it, it may not be even that deep. Sometimes you just be having the runs afterwards. You be doodling out your, your whole doodoo be red. Yeah, like Food man. coloring and whatnot. Yeah. But <clears throat> this is a, it's one of those things where I think that, uh, you know, like you said, it's a monkey see, monkey do thing. And I think that um, it's with these things, when it comes to these chips and these challenges, I think that people really need to um, to just stop following the trends mm-hmm. because this is this is like it's you don't know the dangers of something until somebody die. And I yep. think that this is an extreme case. I think that there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of like. There's probably some somebody that died from choking on like a chicken nugget, or somebody probably died from you know, you know, some consuming some sort of KFC food or something like that. Um, but these things are, <clears throat> they're just like they're also kind of like inherently dangerous. Yes, and like you said, that the, the crazy part about this is not that I would. I'm not a person that is like you know has really a desire to try this, but. Like you said, this is only going to, um, they pulled it off the shelf, so who knows what it's going to look like. But it might be like a black market thing now where you can go on eBay and get the the hot chips or the hot things. Or maybe the worker at the, the store that's taking them all off the shelves is like taking them to their crib and they're going to throw them up on, on Amazon or whatever the case may be and start slanging them out their trunk or something like that. But yeah, I, I see this as, you know, like, <laughs> like. Like good and bad marketing, like a chip so hot it'll kill you. Yeah. You know, that's I could see that. I mean, I don't going. think people are scared of death because if they were, they wouldn't be alcoholics. There's a bunch of people that drink alcohol every day. They eat horrible food every day. All three meals a day, yeah. three or four meals they eat are fucked up. There are people that wake up, they have sausage, bacon, potatoes, pancakes. That's breakfast. But I think then, people hold on, hold on, and this is all death. This is the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. They eat that, and then for a snack, then they'll have donuts and and uh, uh, jelly donuts, and then for lunch they'll have pizza and chicken, and then for dinner they'll have burgers and fries and shit at McDonald's. Like people already are slowly killing themselves with their habits. Yeah. So I don't think people are as scared of things as they should be. I, I just think that people want to die the way they want to die. Mm. Like it's somebody that's like. They uh their um their kryptonite is food or something like that. But there's also a person that may have like a really good diet, but they also are like um climbing up Mount Everest or something Ooh. like that. Like so I I think people have their they just have their things to where they you know, that, that kind of excites them. There's people that jump out of airplanes that are there's people that maybe walk type 
tight ropes and stuff like that. Um, and that stuff is all all dangerous. But I yeah. think most people just kind of like they want to be able to pick the way they die. And yeah. if they die by drinking alcohol, they'll probably be okay with that. I don't know, man. I think taking risks <clears throat> is a little better way to die, personally. Like, you jumping out of plane instead of just slowly dying eating cheeseburgers. But some people would disagree. They'd probably be like, yeah, shit, give me, bur- give me I'd a burger. I'd rather eat a cheeseburger than splat on the ground from jumping out of a plane. But what if you're jumping out of a plane and eat a burger at the same time? That might be fire. That's when you come. <laughs> <laughs> I think, what I think happened with the dude, I think, I don't think it was a chips. I think it was like the complications that happened like COVID almost. Yeah. 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 Like it exacerbated it. By the vid. But um, I think that he probably ate it because, you know, I've eaten hot stuff before and you start sweating, you start coughing and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. I think what probably happened is he he ate it. He got real, real hot. His his, uh, heart rate kind of raised a little bit. He was choking. He might have, yeah. I, we'll see exactly, you know, when the, when the autopsy come out. But I think it was just something. It exacerbated yeah. something, some pre-existing condition. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact, you guys be, you guys just be safe out there, man. It's a lot of, a lot of temptation with these, uh, well, these challenges or whatever mm-hmm. you call them. And just make sure they're safe at least, man. Yeah. We got Halloween coming up, you know. Um, just make sure we don't have any razor blades and candy. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> They have, this has nothing to do with it. I don't know. I, I don't know why I said that. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let's switch gears, man. Switching gears. Um, what financial habits, what can, fi- oh, excuse me. What do financial habits tell you about your partner, right? So let me try to make some sense of this. Let's say, for example, you meet a young lady. She's very kind, very nice and whatnot. And you're having conversation. You're in the talking phase and you start talking about finances and she tells you she has uh, some debt. Right. But she tells you that she has like one hundred and twenty thousand in debt uh, from from student loans. Right. And you're kind of like, wow. You know, Um, I think that in my personal opinion, somebody that has student debt and they did it in hopes or in an effort to achieve higher education. I think that's fine. Personally, I, I, especially in a job, if they find the the right degree and they have a job market for it, she's going to recoup a lot of that back. But if you meet a woman and you're having a conversation and she says, I have 150,000 in credit card debt, that's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. This is the person who is just reckless. Mm-hmm. This is a reckless behavior, and I just don't think people like that should be trusted. And it's not because of finances. It's because of behaviors. Anybody that would run up that much debt and credit is somebody you should not trust. You shouldn't trust them. That's a, that's a lot. Not to mention, if they haven't done anything to mitigate the debt, if, if you say, wow, how'd you get that much debt? They'd be like, uh, you know, there's credit cards, but it is what it is. Do not pursue a relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. Do not, because now <clears throat> her debt will become your debt. She's probably going to expect for you to help her out. <laughs> and it's like, nah, you about to you about to deal with that on your own. That's fucking insane. Yeah. So, yeah, I look, man, people have credit that's bad. They have credit that's good. That's life. You, you don't always have good credit. Sometimes it's not very high. It's just, I mean, it's a result of emergencies. You're not being able to pay certain credit card bills or certain bills. It happens sometimes, man. So it's not the end of the world. Even if I met a woman that didn't have great credit, if it's nothing out of control, I can help her fix her credit or she can help me fix mine. We're, we're At the end of the day, 
We're American citizens. No one is rich. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we could get our finances back online. But when your shit's that out of control, that tells me everything I need to know about you. You got a serious issue, man. Yeah, six figures. Yeah, yeah, that's that's insane. If you if you got this is people might say like debt is debt, Eddie. It doesn't matter if it's student loan debt or that. Yes, it does. You got one woman that's trying that that achieved higher education and got a degree and now has a job market for her degree. She's gonna recoup most of that back, right? Whereas you got a girl that's just going to Starbucks and Target all day and just running up a bunch of fucking debt. Yeah. That's that's not okay, man. Yeah, I think it's a lot of points to this conversation. I think that um like you were saying when it when it comes to student debt, when it comes to uh when it comes to credit cards and stuff like that, what's really going on is it's telling you a story, right? Yes. So on one end the person is trying to achieve, you know, trying to um it's trying to get a better life for themselves, you know, right. trying to trying to find a career or, you know, trying to trying to get a career. And they may have went to USC or, you know, Cal Berkeley or New Mexico State like I went to. And then they kind of accrued some some debt just from the student loans and stuff like that. Right. And in that case, you know, you're like you said, you're you're almost making an investment to, um, you know, in, into a career that would eventually you know, afford you the luxury of paying that that student uh, those mm-hmm. student loans off. <clears throat> when you're just shopping and when you're just uh, you know getting these credit cards and, and and running them up and not being responsible for paying them off, you know that 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 um, tells a story about you and it, and it basically mm-hmm. alludes to this idea that you are you're not responsible. You know, you're not a person. You're not one. You're not responsible, and then. Also, you're not like, like a lack of a better phrase, like taking responsibility for you know your lack of responsibility. There you go. Um, because you just you just keep piling it on and piling mm-hmm. it on. And it's one thing, you know. I would even to a certain extent be okay if it was like an emergency thing, right? Like you got twenty, thirty thousand in in credit card debt, but it was like you know you had. A really good job and you had a certain lifestyle that you you kind of live by and then maybe that job didn't exist anymore COVID shut down mm-hmm. a certain sector of people or whatever the case may be right and then it was like you know to you it was like the only way i was going to be able to survive or pay mm-hmm. my rent was going to be to use my credit card so now i'm kind of working key. towards it yeah Great that point. i could even understand that or even right. a person that's like betting on themselves or you know, a lot using um, credit cards as as another way of um, funding businesses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I can even understand that. But um, you know, so that that story behind why your credit card is so high is is very important. And I think yes. that you know, kind of to what you're saying, that person that has one hundred and twenty thousand in, in in credit card debt, um, that that's uh, you know, that's a red flag because, like you said, one when you get married, everything is is you know it's already going to be combined mm-hmm. and then i think too knowing that going into uh going into marriage that you know finances and issues around finances is is the number one reason why people break up yeah you know you're only setting yourself up for failure if you're you know laying in bed with somebody that doesn't have the the does, just doesn't care yeah, about yeah. the about the finances and i think it's you know it's much better and you know it's just better to have that that the conversation and the communication around finances. So 
you were you were giving an example earlier about somebody that you know went and bought like a car or something like that when they oh, were yeah. already in, in so much debt. Oh, yeah. And that's the type of thing that will like drive a wedge between a relationship because on one end you might have somebody that may not be the most financially literate person, but a person that is just able to take responsibility. They, you know, they credit card debt may be in the fifteen hundreds or something like that and they, they try to pay it down or they pay it down for the most part or they keep it under that thirty percent, you know, credit utilization or whatever. <clears throat> and then you're talking to somebody that got like a 80, 90, 95% credit utilization and they don't want to budge or they don't want to change. And, you know, like I said, knowing that, that that's the number one reason why people are breaking up in, in these marriages, you got to stay away from that situation. If y'all can't, like you said, if you can't hash it out early on, if you can't have those conversations before y'all really get serious, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, you, you'll only be setting yourself up for failure if you if you decide to pursue a relationship knowing that. 100%. And, and uh, what I was referencing earlier was... <clears throat> There's, I forgot the name of the podcast, but there's a guy that has couples on there, just people in general that, and they're they're like expressing their financial issues they're having. There was this, this woman and her husband, and um, <clears throat> she mentioned my husband told me not to do it, but I just did what I wanted to anyways. Mm-hmm. She ended up getting this car, a BMW, um, and the the value has dropped immensely since then, and she still owes fifty six thousand on that car. She yeah. pays eleven forty a month, so you almost pay twelve hundred dollars for a car payment. Um, and it was so bad. And then she was like, I just did it anyways. Here's the problem. I, I think that that guy should have seen that way ahead of time. And I think that there's some there's some women that think that when a man is telling you, like, nah, you shouldn't do that, they see that as controlling. When I think that a lot of times women, sometimes women need to rely on a man's provision. Like when we tell you something is not good or it might be harmful, it's best for you to kind of heed that advice a lot of times because – in this situation, now she's regretful and she has a car she's kind of stuck with and she's got to pay 56000 And in a way, he's stuck with it even though it's not his car. That's just a horrible financial decision. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple people that are paying over 1000 Dude, it's insane to pay over $1,000 for a car payment. There's no reason to be doing that. And, and yeah. even if you make good money, like why are you paying $1,200 for a car payment? It's relative though, right? Like... um, I was having this conversation with my girl and she was telling me that um her car payment was like two ninety or that's, something like that. That's reasonable. Um she's a teacher, you know, she has a teacher's salary. Mm-hmm. So I was and we were looking at like there was a Mercedes Benz that had passed by through the neighborhood. And I was like, damn, that's a nice car. Um and uh we were just kinda like creating this like ratio um of like what it would look like for us to have that car, right? And I was like, well, you know, if you have a teacher salary, I'm not going to say what how much money she makes, but if you have a teacher salary, um, you know, your car payment is like two ninety or something like that, relative to your your salary as a teacher, mm-hmm. you would probably need to like triple that, maybe quadruple that, in order for you to have the same lifestyle um, while paying for that Mercedes. Yeah, you know, if that Mercedes is your car right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say that to say like. If you are making, you know, uh, the salary of a principal or the salary of, uh, you know, uh, um, and I'm just speaking about like school kind mm-hmm. of jobs or, you know, an administrative at, at the district or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. They may make, you know, like 300K or you may be a college professor or something like that. You know, that kind of makes sense. But if you, 
you I think people need to I think a lot of people are living outside of their means. Yeah. And um it's one thing to live outside of your means when you've diminished, you know, me and Eddie have talked about it before, but having like rocket money and you know making your subscriptions and mm-hmm. you know cutting off that $10 subscription every month that you only watch one show on or you watch your favorite show or you only got it to watch your favorite show and that show the season is or the show is over they already got the series uh the series finale or whatever and you still paying 9.99 even though you ain't turned the app on in in months um <clears throat> so we just talked about you know just kind of diminishing your stuff so it's it's one thing to like be living above your means when you got the bare minimum going on. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing to be living above your means when you buying the new Mercedes and you that's buying, insane. you know, this or you taking trips to here, you shopping at Target all the time and all these different things. Man, and this is no slight to anybody, but when I see people, right, and you have an idea of, you know, if, if people post their jobs, I work here, I've been doing it, whatever. And you see them, and they always on trips. They always going to you know different baseball games, and they go into the zoo, and then they go in here. Every it seems like some people every week they got a whole bunch of pictures to take of them doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think they broke. I know it because in today's society, in the the rate that things have went, I can guarantee you, there's no way that you going out every week and spending money like that. Your credit gotta be. You gotta be abusing your credit. You gotta be abusing your finances. Yeah. There's no reason to be doing shit every motherfucking week. And mm-hmm. if you think about if you okay, let's say let's say you're a younger dude, right? And you with a girl and y'all go out to LA and let's say y'all go sightsee. So y'all might go shopping, stop by like the galleria or something, grab her some stuff, grab you some stuff. So for one gas, let's just say let's just say it's a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So up and up and back, let's say it's a hundred bucks. Then you go get you some clothes. You're gonna spend about 260, 270. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you go to maybe a baseball game. That's gonna probably hit you for like $95. Then you go to the concessions, right? Um, and you get expensive beers. You probably get two beers a piece. Each beer is about $20. Because mm-hmm. them beers are expensive at baseball games. They mm-hmm. about 15, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you do that. Man, let's let's do the math. Mm-hmm. Let's just do the math. We ain't we ain't gotta, you know. Harp on it too much, because this is how this is how the the economy and how society is. Mm-hmm. So a hundred for gas, plus two seventy for like shopping, plus the baseball game, plus the concessions. Uh, say it was about there. All right. So in one weekend, no bullshit, five hundred twenty-seven dollars. But the thing about it is. A lot of people are putting that on their credit card, right? That's what I'm saying. So, and then you realize you get like a 28% interest rate on on all of that. So mm-hmm. you're paying, a, you know, 500 whatever times a quarter of that, which is, you know, it's, it, it just keep it keeps piling on. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like when you, when, you, when you work a job and you know you get paid um, you, you, like you, for 900 $800 a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you spending like, you know, $500 in a weekend, you know, that's, you know, and you still got your car payment, you still got your rent, all you that still shit. Got, and all that stuff is hitting every month, every month, every mm-hmm. month. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it happens. Yeah. I think this is no different than like, <clears throat> um, just getting, you, you got to work on the behaviors as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like, let's say a dude, okay, let's say a dude is, is single for a while and he a player. He just getting... 
pussy up to his eyeballs. Mm -hmm. He's meeting different women, hooking up with them, and then he meets this one girl. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he likes her, he cares about her, and then they start a relationship, right? And then eventually they get engaged. There has not been one period in that man's life where he had to learn, like, to reserve himself, to not be doing certain stuff. So there's a possibility that even in that engagement, he could still be like, you know, seeking inappropriate attention from women. Mm -hmm. He could still be um, looking single when he's not single and vice versa with women. And it's because you've never had to break the habit. It's no different than finances. That if you're a person that is frivolously spending money all the time and all of a sudden you meet this new person, you care about them, your spending habits aren't going to change just because you met somebody. Mm -hmm. you, you have the same fucked up behaviors that you had while you were just out spending money. And now your their problem has become your problem. Mm -hmm. And it's just no different. It's just human. It's just the human behavior. Mm -hmm. um, we got to work on that, man. Yeah, we got to work on that, man. I, I think I seen an episode. It wasn't Maury. It was something else. And she talked about how much money she had. And she was like, "Yes, it's like we have to figure out a way to get this debt down." And the fan, and then the uh, not the fans, the crowd was like, "What? Mm -hmm. Like that's your debt? If <laughs> if all of a sudden I, if I'm with a woman for I don't know, I could care about her to the hill and back." If I find out that you got like a million dollars in debt, we just gonna break up. Dang. What if it? I mean, what if it was like? What if there's a story behind it, like a you know a legitimate? There is story? no. I say this very clearly. There is no story you can tell me that would be able to quantify, or 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 I would be able to understand. Um, that would be a million dollars worth of debt. Maybe not a million, but you know, for like. What if, um, like Kanye West, for example? You if know. you hide a million dollars from me, what are what else are you hiding? That's not hiding it. You just you're in debt. What I'm saying is, no, like, I said I found out. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you meant like you Fuck know it was no. like a conversation. If I find oh, out you, you got a million dollars in debt, we breaking up, and it's not because of the million dollars. It's because I found out that you had a million dollars you owed. If you can hide a million, what else you hiding from me? Dang. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't nothing, there's nothing you can say. I love you. You can tell me you love me a million times. I could be heartbroken. I could be crying. Everything. <laughs> but we done. Ain't nothing <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> Just a million dollars in debt going to make me cry already. What's the, uh, what you going to put on the divorce papers? The reason for breaking up? Uh, broke hoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Like that, bro, <clears throat> with, with that type of thing. There are some people that are married that would just call me a fool. Like, Eddie, you don't know what you're talking about. You're single. You know, that's your wife. You need to help your wife. My brother, my brother, your wife admitting to you that she has a million dollars in debt is no different than you walking in the room and busting her sucking a dick. <laughs> that's a wild analogy. It's the same shit. <laughs> it's the same pain. <laughs> Like it, it really is, and some people might laugh and think it's a joke, but it's the same shit. You hiding a million dollars from me? Then what? What? What are you buying, and what kind of lifestyle do you need for you to be a million dollars in debt? It's got to be a dick involved somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a dick involved somewhere. Yeah, I mean that would be hard. I don't even know how you spend a million dollars. That'd be hard. Yeah, somebody was on hard. <laughs> I don't know who it was. <laughs> If a, if if a man had a million dollars in debt, and his wife found out, and his wife found out that he had a million dollars in debt, she would automatically assume infidelity. 
Like you're spending money on fuck yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, we got to think about this in these terms, man. Like, if if you find out that a man has a million dollars in debt, I've heard some horrible financial stories too, especially from truck drivers. There was this tow truck driver that had to pick me up on the side of the road one day. This dude told me that he his fiance he was with had took basically all his money and was feeding horses and just frivolously spending his money. He saved like over $80,000, he told me. He said like 85000 he sold. He said he was financially good. And she spent everything. On feeding horses? Feeding horses and just spending his money, just spending it frivolously on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell him straight up. I was like, hey, yeah, your wife was fucking. She's fucking somebody. Dang. There's, what would keep someone faithful to you after taking all your money? After them spending all your money on whatever they want, why would they say, like, okay, I could use this person for all their money and I'm going to stay loyal? They're not. That's crazy. So you're getting a double whammy. And I just all I did was shake my head like, damn. He's like, yeah, man, after that, I, I'd end up getting out of my house and I was living out of a trailer for a while. And I'm like, oh, my. I was down bad. He was down bad. He, he left to her or he, she left him? Or he what? left her eventually. He said, I gave her another chance. I'm like, God damn. I think that um, this kind of goes back to uh, the the parents that whoop their kid for p- spending all their savings on the video game, oh, yeah, PlayStation or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things you know that I was telling you earlier about this this conversation is um, I was taking this course and basically in the course it was it was saying that we need to start operating as like an LLC, like mm. Eddie LLC, Keith LLC. And, you know, in terms of a business, you got financial reports, you know, you, you're planning things out, you got marketing reports, um, executive summaries and all these different things. And, um, you know, like spreadsheets, invoices and all these things that mm-hmm. you're, you're doing to keep track of every single cent that goes in or out of your business. Excuse me. And, uh, you know, when, when you operate like that, you don't get caught up in these things. You know what I mean? Like. True. Uh, for me, I I have a I have a setup on my bank account to where it um it sends me an update every night. You know, it tells me how much money is in my account, and it basically tells me every time that there's like a, a transaction that happens, it sends me a notification. And um, I think most people should operate like that. You know, it, this is not the 1990s where, you know, your bank accounts is a little bit different and we got checkbooks and stuff like that. Yeah. You may have to call to see what's going on. I check now, every day. Yeah. Now we have apps and stuff like you, you and this and it's been this way for the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't really see a scenario where people are doing this. You got to be you got to be we got to do better. Yeah, we definitely got to do better. Mm-hmm. You got to do better, man. No mm-hmm. excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was a woman that mentioned like on the first date, I make sure I find out what his credit score is and I want to see his bank account on the first date. I need to know. And I'm thinking like, that's very intrusive. Yeah, you can't do that on the first That's date. like very intrusive. We don't even know if we're going to make it. And you're basing the metric that you're using to determine if I'm a good man or boyfriend is looking at my credit score and my bank account. Yeah. Like you don't really want love. You want to fucking, what do you want? What if the guy was like, on the first date, I got to touch the pussy, see if it's moist. Right. I got to see if the head is a little bit, like right. if the succulents, the succulents of the head is, right. is, is up there. Yeah. I need you to have a wet mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Think about how wild that is. Yeah. People are going to kill us for saying that. Like, that's not the same. <laughs> 
I mean, they both outlandish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're both wildly outlandish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not okay. And I've seen a bunch of people in the comments, it's a bunch of women, like, that's right, girlies. Don't let these brokies try to tell you that they don't want to show you that. If they really had it, then they would show you. And it's mm-hmm. like, you guys, it, there's a bunch of men and women on the internet perpetuating very dangerous narratives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not cool for you to, like, I don't even know if we'll be together and you want to be in my business. Mm-hmm. Like, what is a comparable thing that I can ask you for? What am I asking your body count? How many guys have you fucked? Mm-hmm. That's insane. I don't ask women they body count for one, but mm-hmm. like, imagine if you did on the first date about how how inappropriate that would be. Yeah, that's wild. That's a wild fucking yeah. Wow. And then she was like, you know what kind of man you're dealing with, depending on what credit card he uses. If he uses a Chase such and such, or he uses this ink card or this, it means he has a business. And then he might be into white collar crimes if he uses this card. <laughs> so, white collar crimes. So it's a yellow flag. It's not really green. And then with this other one, if he uses this, this is a baller. So pay attention. <laughs> That's the man you want to be with. I'm like, yeah. what kind of I- advice? <laughs> Are you fucking giving people? I will say that credit cards have definitely stepped their game up. It's like some titanium credit. Like yeah. I got a, uh, I got an Amazon business credit card, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like metal. Like it's, it look kind of, it look clean, and then it tells you how long you've been a member on the back on the front of it. They got a fucking vibranium card. Yeah, it's vibranium. And they, got, they got a fucking uh, steel titanium. Yeah, they all got the same purpose, folks. Adamantium. <laughs> Adamantium. Mm-hmm. Only the nerds would get that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a trip, man. So, hey, man, you guys be safe out there and um, be be aware. I, I say don't make it the main thing, like as far as credit and shit, because I don't care if a chick has fucked up credit. She can always fix it. But the, the habits that go along with that, yeah. like if, if it's fucked up and she has no inkling of fixing it or nothing, might be a little bit telling yeah you got you got to be you know that that mindset is everything so a person like your current status is it is what it is but if you're a person that's you know you're trying to to get right and you you know you're not necessarily like you know you're not two hundred thousand in debt and then you also uh, what the fuck was that i ain't gonna front that my heart kind of dropped a little bit i was like what the I think so. You hear that shit? Yeah. That wasn't in the building, was it? Yeah. You sure? It was in the hallway. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, hey, let's double check. That yeah, door check that door. <laughs> check that door. Yeah, it's locked. My God. I don't know if you guys could pick that up. Somebody's in there screaming. <laughs> well, they could die all I care. I ain't open that fucking door. Yeah. That sounds like a like one of those horror movies. Yeah, it does. It sounds like some rough sex going on over there. <laughs> it sounds like one of them white pornos from the 90s. <laughs> My cock! Uh! <laughs> you know, that's kind of sad, man. We didn't have a lot of representation in porn back in the day, man. Like in the 70s? Nah, not even. Like even in the 90s, man, we didn't really 90s. have no like porn stars like that, bro. Yeah, niggas didn't start making a name for themselves in the porn industry till like the 2000s, huh? Yeah, we had to watch a lot of white porn growing up, man. Dang. Yeah. yeah, representation matters. Yeah, man, we needed yeah. Rosa Parks to step up again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 
You know, it's crazy. There was a first black porn star yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Somewhere in history, huh? Yeah, somewhere. That's crazy. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Coach Prime in the porn. Throw that bull jump back. <laughs> Throw that bull jump back. <laughs> Throw that bull jump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to hesitate to masturbate, articulate. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't D, wasn't Dion's wife like living in his house while he was getting a divorce? I can't remember. I think she was like living in the other wing of the house while they was going through they they divorce. Dion talked about him having a sex addiction, a sex addiction. He said yeah. he never did drugs, he never smoked, he never did anything, but yeah. he said he had a legitimate sex addiction. Yeah, I could believe that. That's got to like, be crazy. Yeah, cuz he I mean, he seemed to like to be very disciplined, but mm-hmm. he's also like Kind of like outgoing, very flashy. So imagine, imagine being addicted to pussy, man. Mm-hmm. You just wake up like, man, Coach Prime, I need some pussy, man. <laughs> like, Coach, come on, man, you got to stay focused. I know, man, I got to stay, I got to stay with my babies, man. I got to stay <laughs> on, got to stay strong, but it's tough out here, man. Yeah. All these thick white girls in Colorado, man. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Imagine like he accidentally recorded the audio from a sex tape he made. Yeah. He's like, give me my theme music. <laughs> he's like. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, Coach Prime. Hmm. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach Prime. Yeah, but like, yeah. Uh, today before the game, uh, we've uh, got some sad news to mention. Um, Deion Sanders has been relieved of his duties as head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes <laughs> uh, due to a floating sex tape <laughs> with one of the faculty members. Um, <laughs> I know that. I know Shadour and Shiloh is going crazy out there. Oh, man. They got to keep those girls off of him, man. Yeah. They, I, it's going to get – it's probably cool now. They could probably walk around a little bit now. But who is it? They need security, brother. No, nah, it was somebody uh, – no, nah, they could walk. I think right now they could walk around campus. But it was some I forgot who it Oh, uh Johnny Manziel. Oh yeah. If they win a few more games, it might be out of hand. Cuz it's still it's still a little bit early so they could kind of maneuver a little bit, but Johnny Manziel was saying like he couldn't even go to uh he couldn't even go to school. Like he couldn't he couldn't go to class cuz people was it was either him or it was um or um what's the quarterback from Florida? Uh, Big old dude. Uh, 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 with the Colts? No, he played on the um. He got drafted by the Broncos. What? The left-handed quarterback, the big old. He went to Florida, University of Florida. Went to Tebow? Yeah, Tim Tebow. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I think it was it was either Manziel or Tebow. What they were saying, like it was it was impossible to go to class, like. Mm. That was just too famous on campus. Yeah, Manziel was it was Manziel. Manziel. Yeah. yeah, his little documentary sucked balls. It didn't tell you anything different. Yeah, that's what really I was. Good. I was telling you in the text. I was like that. He, really he didn't really overcome nothing. Like no, he just like he's still drinking. Like he's drinking in the documentary and the behind the scenes stuff. He just hey, all it did. It didn't. It didn't need a documentary. Um, it just needed. They put it all that production value, and they could have did a little YouTube thing to really, you know, the dude that beat um, the one that did the uh, the blindside thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That dude, he could have put together like twenty minute little video, you know, going over the history of Johnny Manziel, and it would have been much more. Yeah, time more spent right. better. Yep. All right, let's switch gears. Switching gears. Uh, switching gears. Uh, men behaving differently when women enter a room. 
I was talking to Keith about this earlier. And I think that what's weird about men is a lot of times you'll get to know you. Sometimes you don't even know who a man is Mm -hmm. until you are in a situation where there are female company around. Like, it's weird how all of a sudden the guy that's, you know, kind of not that funny or whatever. All of a sudden this guy becomes a fucking comedian. Mm hmm. You know, there are people, there are men that they'll be cool with you, but when girls come in the room, they're trying to take shots at you like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, you still doing that little podcast? Mm -hmm. Man, you ain't making no money yet, man. You ain't going to make no money on that. You really going to make money on that? And you'd be Mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, we we already make money now. It's not like we make a bunch, but we do okay. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh, well, you ain't going to take, you ain't going to do the next level, though. You ain't going to take it to the next level. And you're just thinking like, what's this guy doing? This guy, like, you never look good trying to make someone else look bad. And I think a lot of men think that by reducing another man, belittling or trying to get attention from women is like the main priority. Yeah. And it's happened it's happened to me a few times. Yeah. Or let's say for example, you're out and about, you're going to an outing with a girl you met and you you either going to a movie or you're going you're going on a date with her and you're running to somebody you know, may not be a best friend, but that's somebody you know. And this guy is just trying to become over familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, what's up, Ed, my guy, man? Remember when we used to like go over there back in the day? That was dope, huh? Huh? That was cool, huh? Hey, my name is Jeremy. Yeah, I'm Eddie's friend. How you doing? Like they really be trying to get attention from the girl. It's like yeah, the in front of you, girls. What the, you? Yeah, yeah, get the fuck on, motherfucker. Yeah. Just move on. I, this it's weird when I see a man out with a woman somewhere. I keep it real brief and I walk off. Mm-hmm. Real brief, and I walk off. I want to give that um, it's a it's a situation going on with DJ Envy and Tyrese, and I'll talk about it a little bit later within this conversation. But I'm gonna make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, fellas, stop it. We know what you're doing. We know what you're doing, bro. Yeah, just go somewhere and sit down. Right? Yeah. The, whoever the girl is, she chose somebody else, man. Stop trying to either cock block, make other men look bad. Or get attention. Just stop it, please. That shit is old. Yeah. It's old, man. I think I got a real, I think I got like a real big, like, uh, uh, I got a taste of it when I was training a female uh, employee, mm-hmm. right? We just hired a, a lady employee probably about, been about over, a little over two months. And when I was training her, I trained her for two weeks. I just seen how men were reacting towards her. And it was annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know women seem like they be over exaggerating sometimes. Like, oh, these men keep trying to talk to me, blah blah blah. Bro, that shit was. I understand why a lot of women be annoyed, bro. Mm-hmm. I really understand it. But to see what men were doing, hey, hey, uh, you need some help over here? I'm like, I'm her trainer. I'm standing right here. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need help, sir. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just trying to get noticed. It's so cringe. Yeah, I think that. The, the the thing that kind of like makes us understand this whole situation that the, the men and the dynamic between men and women is like you know the the thing that you mentioned about Deion Sanders yeah like a person that is a, was addicted to sex and you know yeah. just had all the women especially you know I imagine college just throw me know. that bull jump yeah <laughs> throw that butt in the circle. Throw that bull jump back. Playing with that. The masturbation of the articulation. <laughs> That's some darn good vagina. 
Yeah, that nigga be always saying darn. <laughs> oh, he be saying that? Coach, yeah. Coach Brian yeah, be saying yeah, that? Yeah, him be cousin. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's some darn good pussy. <laughs> so a man that don't cuss, a man that don't drink, a man that never smoke weed, um, his only real vice in life was, you know, was women. And, um, you know, that kind of like lets you know, like, there's something that goes on between that dynamic, um, the dynamic between men and women such that like people just kind of they just lose they lose their mind like they 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 start acting different and you know like you were you know talking about earlier they just start getting out of character yeah oh my god you know it happens like you said it happens in every scenario it happens in scenarios where it's just like you know two guys um and it's a room full of like single women like we might be at like some sort of kickback and the guy just starts to be funny Right. There's a couple th- different things that happen. There's one guy that's just all, like, he turns out or he tries to be like very outgoing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's like tell- telling jokes and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be the center of attention and trying to tell the craziest stories and trying to make his life look a certain way. And then there's the, uh, the person that like puts everybody around him down. You oh my I mean? God. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, we start talking about, it could be, you know, like, we talking about Colorado football, and be like, yeah, man, that, that game was crazy, man. Be like, yeah, and then one dude would be like, yeah, man, back in the day, um, I actually used to play with um, Shiloh back in the day. We played on the same football team. Oh like, nigga, God. you trash, man. Nigga, you wasn't really that good. Man, I was way better than you back in the right. day. Back in the day, you got crossed over by this, or you got ran over by right. this dude. And it's that, and men that. go to insults. Men go to insulting each other as if that's something that's impressive to women. Yeah. Like, it's just men have a skewed view of what impresses women sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, if you re- if there's some men that will be the like try to be a tough guy and almost get in altercations to try to look tough in front of women. Yeah. And it's like, women don't care about that, dude. They trying to have a good time. Yeah. Just chill out, bro. You ain't gotta be getting in people's face and about to fight and just chill. Yeah. That's real. It's it's sad. And that there's and it happens way often. Mm. There's some people that I thought was real friends, bro, back in the day. And then once you get a room with girls in it and y'all just sitting there and everybody vibing and chilling. Me, I'm naturally a funny guy, but I'm only funny at certain times. Like, I'm not going to be like trying to coerce people into laughing at jokes or being over the top. Like, unless a conversation involves me, I'm not going to really say anything. Mm -hmm. But I'm just one of those people that naturally have a skill with communication and with people. And a lot of what happens is. When you're a person that has a genuinely decent um, personality, women gravitate to the personality. It doesn't mean they want to fuck you. doesn't mean a woman wants to fuck you because she's laughing at your jokes or whatever. But women gravitate to men who have. I've seen dudes who was big and fat and funny looking and all the girls is like, oh, you're fucking hilarious. They're like laughing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it would be it'd be like the, the handsome dude in the corner tripping out. Mm hmm. Because he ain't got no personality. Mm-hmm. He can't make nobody laugh. He just tall with muscles. He just got green eyes. He just got green eyes with a nice edge up and muscles and no personality. Mm-hmm. That's sad. It's it's sad. And there, there are a lot of dudes like that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, too, is I, I've noticed that a lot of women value funny guys because they be in relationships with niggas that got no personality. Yeah, just stale, huh? They be dating the dudes that be like, what's good, though? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's the whole relationship. Yeah. 
That's the whole relationship. Then we got an opinion about life. Nothing. And then they meet some dude, some very average or below looking guy, and he's like, Hey, Maria, what's up? You got a booger in your nose. He's like, Oh my God, you're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't say that. What? (laughs) Say, please don't say that. Shit, I'll tell you you got a booger in your nose. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know, but that's not a good joke. No, it's not a joke. It's real life. If you got yeah. a booger in your nose, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be the person to tell you. Yeah. You got good. snot. You got boogers. Oh, you <laughs> farted, huh? I smelt that. That's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was this girl that I, I didn't, it wasn't like flirting, but it was like a joke. And I knew this girl in college named Eileen, right? Mm-hmm. And she was, looked pretty, really cute. And she was coming to class late. And back then, that song, Lean Like a Cholo. Remember that song? Yeah. Side to side. I was like, what's up, Eileen? And she's like, what's up, Eddie? I was like, I lean like a cholo. <laughs> and she's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it was good times, man. Yeah. Good times. Good times. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's like seeing like a white girl and you like at a grocery store. He's like, hey, what, what, my name is Eddie. What's your name? It's like, ah, oh, Taylor. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I love your concert. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like selling out tickets everywhere. Like you're just going crazy. Like more tickets than Beyonce. No, no, no. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. You'd be like, uh, so what's your name? Taylor. He's like, you know what? I know you were trouble when you walked <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know what? That's on my bucket list. I gotta go to the Taylor Swift concert, man. Good luck. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. Good luck, man. I think she's. I think her North American tour is over. I'm. I don't. I don't I'm not. I don't have the latest Taylor Swift news, but I think she might be doing her um her European tour now. There's some rumor going around saying Travis Kelsey is Travis good. Kelsey. Yeah. I was. I ain't gonna front. I was low key disappointed. You want to know why? Why? Because he's been dating black women for a little bit now. Fine, thick black women. That's what I'm saying. And then he went to, you know, Taylor Swift, is, she's cool. But, you know, I was I was disappointed in him like a black dad would be disappointed in his son. <laughs> he brought home a white woman. <laughs> and then I was like, Travis Kelsey is white. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Travis Kelsey had a whole show based on, uh, it was a show back in the day, like a dating show. Yeah, I remember But that. it was completely based on a bunch of women. It was black women, Mexican women, white women. Yeah, yeah. He just likes women. That's That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much the same way. Mm-hmm. But that's crazy, man. Yeah. What was this show called? Like finding I, finding love with Casey Travis or, something? or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I forgot the name of his uh, ex ex wife, but she was she was banging though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Taylor Swift. He's gonna yeah, and I think what it is is I think that's a catch too. I, I think I think a lot of black women was claiming uh, Travis Kelsey too. Yeah, it was a bunch of but a bunch of black. There's probably women. a lot of disappointed black women too. There's a bunch of black women posting pictures to Travis like this is my spot, this is my style right here. <laughs> you know, they kind of do that with white guys. They like they just yeah, it's a couple white guys like that. Yeah, it's like uh, Travis Kelsey. Who's the other one? Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. Uh, uh, John B. John B. Yeah. Just like the white, the black white guy adjacent guys. The uh, his white boys with flavor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think they act. They're not like not that they even act black. They nah. just got a little bit of they got a little bit of soul to them. I just don't think in a lot of cases it's not like white guys that are acting black. It's just a lot of times it's the background thing. 
Mm-hmm. It's a background thing, man. If mm-hmm. you if you're a white guy and you don't and you grow up around pretty much black guys your whole life, mm-hmm. I don't think you act in black. I just think you kind of like have culturally blended. Yeah, but I don't even think that that's their experience. Like Robin Thicke and Travis Kelsey, because Travis Kelsey they from like the Midwest. They from like Michigan or something. Yeah, but they yeah. did. Uh, they but they did grow up around a lot of black folks though. Because it was uh, they, he was talking about it. Like he mm-hmm. said, where he ended up going to school was a melting pot. Yeah, but he, you know, on the other other somewhere else that he grew up, it was pretty much number white folks, number white people. Yeah, yeah. Talk but his I'm, his brother don't his brother don't act like that. Uh, his brother, no, not really. His brother, yeah. his brother got like a little. You could tell his brother uh, grew up in a multicultural um, upbringing too, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his older brother just seemed like a big white dude though. Yeah, he just like a country, like a country. Yeah, I like strong. him, man. Freaking um, corn fed. I forgot his name. Uh, not tra- uh, Travis and um, Jason. Yeah, Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it he's Jason? like the best center in the league or something. I uh, one of them. Mm-hmm. One of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. Where are we at? We just went on a tangent. <laughs> it's all good. I really got thrown off after I heard somebody fucking screaming inside the building. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, we definitely, but we won't, we won't be here for in the, in the next coming years. We will not be here. That's for sure. Yeah, I gotta yeah. shoot a horror movie here first. Yeah, I know. Yeah, somebody just was like, ah, ah. I'm like, dude, just please don't die while we're doing the fucking podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, here's another one. Uh, switching gears. Is it okay to cry in front of women? Um, and the here's the thing. I think this is a very nuanced conversation, and me and Keith were speaking briefly about it earlier. I think that as men, we cannot, and I'll get pushed back for saying this, but it is the truth. I've heard women openly having conversations like, the next guy I get, I just don't want no emotional ass man. Like I'm so good on that. I don't want that, right? But these are the same women that be like, I want him to open up to me. I want him to be vulnerable. But the thing about it is, as men... We have times where it's okay to express our emotions, such as the death in the family or whatnot. But if we can't come home from work like women after a bad day at work and be like, I had such a bad day at work, women will be so disappointed. <laughs> Nigga, they will leave us. They'll be like, look, if I wanted this, I would just date another girl. <laughs> That's, That's funny. I've heard women say this, mm-hmm. right? But I will say, for um, I think a women have become a product of a lot of the the culture that they complain about because they have an expectation of us. Um, even they don't want men crying. There's been a study, like a legitimate study, showing that when men cry in front of women, it makes them less attractive. And this has been a like this. This is there's a legitimate study of this. Mm-hmm. Now there's context. I drew. I genuinely believe that if there's a death in the family. Uh, something surrounded around that or emotion based from like, say you starting a business, right? You starting a business. Um, the business got its up and downs and you finally break through. Now you're making some serious money and you like, thank you, God. And you got tears coming out your eyes. I don't think you should be chastised or looked at funny for having emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's important for men to have emotion, but not be emotional. There is a difference. Yeah. Um, that's just my take on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm curious to think to say I'm curious to think or to hear, excuse me, what you guys have to say about it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's probably some of y'all listening, like, I cry in front of my wife every day, man. Every morning I wake up, I cry every day, man. 
And I'm like, well, if that works for you, then respect, homie. Big mm-hmm. respect. But I just don't think that shit's going to fly with most women because they have brothers, uncles, dads, cousins that have all contributed to the idea that men don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, which I just genuinely don't think is accurate or fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think that 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 standard or that label or that expectation is just kind of ridiculous. And it's it's one of those things that um most men don't show emotion in that way just because they don't think that they can or they right. don't think that they're supposed to or you right. know um I won't really go back to the whole like you know stop crying thing like when you're a kid. I think that I, I pers- from my experience that's not a gender specific thing like you know I think that you know when I hear you know my niece or something crying and she shouldn't you know she might have gotten in trouble it's, I hear the same conversation whether it's a man or or a woman or a boy or a girl um but I think that in terms of the adult conversation or the adult version of it um there I do think that there is a lot of women that um don't necessarily give men the space to be emotional in that way you know even like publicly when we hear in these like people like Tyrese or um anybody congratulations <laughs> yeah anybody else uh-huh. that has like publicly cried on camera they kind of get made fun of and stuff like that um but i the my thing is like um if that's the case then that's like that's not uh, a relationship that you should be in, you know. If that if that's what you want out of your relationship, if you want a person or uh, you want a partner that allows you to be vulnerable with them, allows you to you know show your emotions, or you know even not necessarily pushes you, but just kind of gives you that that's the freedom and that space to you know to express yourself in, in that way, express your sadness, express your joy, or whatever the case may be. Um, then you got to look for that in a partner. But I think that there's a lot of um, situations where there's a guy that's like, man, I like you You mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. a guy at a funeral, he was like, you know. Oh, was, I can't cry in front of my girl, man. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there, there are people that, that believe that. And, you know, if you want that in a, in a, in a partnership, then like good for you. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the same thing with a woman. Like if you, if you want, if you don't want your man to be emotional and that's how you, and that's how you rock, then you should get a guy like, like Eddie just said that said that he can't cry in front of his girl. Yeah. Don't you so. dare get a man that's that's emotionally uh, closed off and be like, I just want a man to like open up to me. Like, yeah, shut, don't you can't up. have it both ways. Like, you can't tell somebody to be vulnerable and then dismiss their emotions. Like, right. it don't really yeah. work like that. But right. I think that I do think that like I think most men, given the opportunity, may not necessarily cry. Because crying, it takes a lot. And there's like a lot of history behind like, you know, what or, you know, how people express themselves in, in, you know, in these crying times, I guess. But the biggest thing that, you know, uh, for you, for a woman, you know, these women that kind of like, you know, they say these things like I want to I want a man to be vulnerable around me. The biggest thing you can do is just like to give them that space to do it. You're not forcing him to cry or you're not forcing him to express how he's feeling every right. day. Like you just got to give a man a space because yeah. a man will, a man in his own time will, 
you know, will express those emotions. Yeah. Give us space. We don't think, we don't act, think, or behave like women. We don't operate like women. You cannot expect that from us. You freely express your emotions because it has been championed your whole life to do so. If you are around other women and you guys have like a little, you know, you, your, 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 your aunts, your sisters, whatever, you guys can express yourselves. You, you have little dinner dates with your homegirls. Y'all cry. Y'all hold each other's hands. Men don't have that. Okay. So you, it's become commonplace for you to exercise that with them. But with us, it doesn't work like that. That's not how society wants us. That's not how we are. And that's not even how you want us. Now, let me read this. Um, this is uh, just a bunch of different things. from. This is from Reddit here, though. Caveat here. Uh, that this is just my anecdotal, anecdotal experience. And this is not in any depth study of women's reactions uh, at large. And it says this is like the timeline. It was 60% negative, 5% positive, 5% weird, 30% neutral. That's what it says here. I've had my mom tell me I look unsightly when I cried as a kid, that I was making too many problems for other people and I need to handle myself. I've had teachers that were women tell me to get a grip and not disrupt the class. I wasn't the best at handling being yelled at, so I tended to look like a deer in the headlights. And this was cited as distracting and something I needed to rein in. I've been on dates with women of various socioeconomic classes and races and I've and have heard brief comments about popular men who cried like Terry Crews comments like, yeah, it's nice for him. I guess I wouldn't want a man like that. I want to feel protected and cared for End quote. I've also had a close female friend just sit next to me and encourage me to take a legal take legal action. When I open up about sexual abuse, I went through. I appreciated what she did. Even if I didn't follow through on her advice, I cherish her friendship and her approach to many gender issues. She's an anxiety riddled mess, but I, it always follows through on empathy. So I respect the hell out of her for that. So that's why a good. Did, well, that, why did he say that, though? Well, that's a good female experience. He mentioned. No. At, why did he call her an anxiety riddled mess? Yeah, he probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, this 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 is how people's brains work. I don't know. I don't. I'm not caring about that. I think he gave her credit, but. The way that he spoke about it was, it was a backhanded compliment. Is this, is this extra? At a yeah. time when a majority of my family members were against me for leaving the church, my older sister that, oh God, that R-A-A-P-E'd me when I was younger ended up one of the p- few people who supported my decision to leave and told me, be my own man, that was a weird time for sure. People are complicated. God damn, this got way too fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not reading anymore. It's Reddit, this shit. man. God damn. To say about Reddit, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I just the, the the one thing I will take away is one mention. Like I want to feel cared for. I don't want to feel. I think the truth of the matter is, is this: as a man, we provide provision and leadership. And there are people going to say, "I don't need somebody to be a leader." This is not a football team, right? But as a man. You all, women don't want to feel like the man in any relationship. Once a woman feels like a man in a relationship, they break up with your ass. That's just the case. Okay. So if you're in a leadership position and you just had a bad day at work and you come home like, I'm so stressed at work. I don't know what to do. She's going to be like, I don't trust this guy. If you're out and about and a guy's like saying something disrespectful to your girl or your wife, like, shut up, bitch. And you like, hey, babe, let's get out of here. We need to leave. She doesn't feel safe. You didn't even protect her. You didn't say nothing. This is how women really articulate these things. Like, we could try to run away from it and say, oh, no, I think that maybe he's just, you know, he wanted to get me away. 
But if you let another man call her bitches and cuss her out and tell her, hey, babe, let's get out of here. She's going to be like, this guy is scared. I don't feel protected. If you come home from work after a bad day and just start crying because of work, she's like, this guy is unglued. I don't know if I can rely on this person anymore. Mm -hmm. This is how a lot of them articulate things. I'm not saying every single one of them, but a vast majority. I need to hear from the women about this. Please inbox me and let me know what you think because I need to fucking hear it. Yeah, sliding his DMs. Slide my DMs, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I just. And if I'm, you want to do more than that, we could talk later. Okay. That's crazy. No, but <laughs> he coming. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> the Colorado Buffaloes is coming for that ass. <laughs> uh, I just think that um, it's just kind of ridiculous to to relate. Yeah. Uh, crying as weakness. You know, somebody can cry, and I mean. You know how it is. I'm sure you probably experienced it, especially like my first fight. Oh, man. My first fight, I was crying, and I won the fight. I've so. seen dudes crying, beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Like, man, he wouldn't leave me alone, man. It's that, but that's the thing about like emotions <laughs> as, 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 uh, as I'm going to say, I can only speak for a man. But, you know, just as a man, a lot of times it's like the one time when you was 10 years old and, you know, somebody stole something from you and you just kind of like, you know, you kind of brushed it off. And then maybe two years later, um, when you uh, you about to go to junior high and you might have got a, a C on a test that you studied really hard for. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after that, you might have tried out for the football team, but you was actually, you know, you thought you was going to be the starting quarterback, but you end up being a second string quarterback. And then all these things just pile up. And then when you 16 years old, um, and uh, who knows, you might be like, you failed a driving test and you just cry and you cry for like 15 minutes. Mm. And it's just like all the things that have ever happened to you in your life just start building up and then you just kind of release yeah. it. Yeah. So that's kind of like how, how it works. But that that's not, that's not I, I guess I'm just speaking to women as like, that's not weakness. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything negatively about I think about that him. men contribute to this. We're talking about women, but men are contributing to this and women are simultaneously and it's affecting them. When I was in junior high, there was a teacher named Mrs. Moore and I had a, uh, one of the kids I went to school with got in a, a fight. In the, uh, he got in a fight in the middle of the campus. And he was swinging real funny. He was throwing like these weird looping punches that didn't like look good. But we're, we're in junior high and he's a kid. And then she was like, she started laughing after they broke the fight up. Like, ha, he hits like a girl. Oh, my God. He hits like a girl. And this she was, said that? This was a grown woman that said this. Mrs. Moore said this. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand how much the negative, the, the, the negative mindset of people is more parallel like men get blamed for like oh, the patriarchy and the, the toxic masculinity and did it women hey, let me let me tell you something very let me be very clear your father that raised you the brothers and uncles and cousins those ideologies you subscribe to them also you live by them also okay so before you just say oh does men need to get it together you subscribe to the same exact thing and you don't even realize it because mm-hmm. what's going to happen too is it might be a dude that's not overly emotional he just might be a guy that you know um he might it, it's so bad that some women have dated so many emotionally unavailable men that by the time they meet a dude that that can really um make sense of his emotions and he you know his father or uncle or cousin or his friend is in the hospital and he's crying about it they're like oh my god like 
out of nowhere, he starts crying because his friend's in the hospital. Like, man up. Like, be a man. I will say that even, <laughs> even outside of the conversation of, like, a man crying and that being deemed as weak, I think most women don't really know how to um, handle the a man communicating about how he feels. And I think because a lot of times, you know, their day-to-day conversation is surrounded by, like, women. Like, they're not really telling each other how they feel. They're just sharing a bunch of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, thoughts about work or thoughts about, you know, uh, things. And it's not really a conversation about feelings. It's a, it's a lot of, like, um, like immature conversation. You know, like, like uh, complaining or, like, gossiping or... Venting. Yeah, that's how that's how it it really is. It's not really like it's not really it's not a real in depth conversation about how you feel about you know things in the but they understand the it. emotional time. Yeah, but I I say that to say like when a man comes and you know we had this conversation a while back. You know, it's, it could be something as simple as like you know a man trying to articulate like that he want Sunday to be like dedicated to football. Like, mm. you know, if he works all week in the oil fields and he, you know, he finally gets a Sunday off, he just wanna watch the Raiders play, he wanna watch the Cowboys play or the Niners or whatever the case may be. Um and he just tries to like express how important that is to him, you know, it could be a thing where a woman doesn't get it because it's not presented in the same way is like those girls do mm. at work. And, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, so I just say that to say a lot of times, like, women just miss the boat because they're not, like, it does. it's not presented in the same way that, um, you know, that, that you know, the girlfriend at work does. I think women take up so much space when it comes <clears throat> to uh, their emotions that it leaves little room for men to express theirs. Even when a man is not expressing it in this overt way, it's still like women are just literally, they literally get so much space occupied by their friends and their cousins and their aunts and their moms. And they're like, we're going to do this and this, this, this and blah, blah, blah. And like for reals. And I was fucking crying because this happened and he left me here and stupid asshole. And but like all these conversations are happening between like the 20 or 30 women that they deal with on a daily basis. And they get zero from their husband or their man. Their man is just like, I want to watch football. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want to watch football. I've been waiting all week. Mm-hmm. That doesn't register as a priority only because it's not articulated the same way as the girl that's like, bitch, you'll never guess what happened today. Yeah. You'll never guess what happened. But, but it's, it's up to like, I don't know. I think that, you know, those, because it, it's the same people that are the same women that are like, I want you to be vulnerable. I want you to do this. But it's like when, when men, when they when they finally muster up the courage to say like, you know, I feel like this, or you know, this it makes me happy to watch the football, or when I'm hanging out with the guys on the weekend, like you know, and not in a in not in a malicious way, but just like genuinely going to shoot pool with the guys, mm-hmm. or going to have a beer with the guys, or whatever, like that brings me joy and that brings me peace, and it's just dismissed by the woman. That's like when that's when a guy shuts down because I think. You know, we nobody likes their feelings being dismissed. Mm-hmm. So when a guy feels like you like you don't care about me, you don't want me to be happy. You don't want me watching the football game. You rather have me, you know, like doing yard work or something like that on the weekend, and I want to watch the game or something like that. Or you want me doing house, 
duties or chores around the house and the you know the the game is on or something like that. Here's the worst one though, and th- and this is what I think. Um, I've given a laundry. Grab my backpack real quick. Oh, go ahead. Well, you're what you losing memory? Charger. Why? Oh, oh, it's, oh, their chargers. Oh, um, I think that what happens too, and we've given a laundry list of what things men need to work on, but when it comes to women, they just be feeling attacked a lot of times. Like a guy be like, "Hey, I don't, I really don't feel appreciated." If if you say that, they're like, "Oh, you don't feel appreciated." Like it, this is just like coming off as more emotional than it needs to, and I don't think that you appreciate what I do here, and I've been <laughs> wanting to tell you that. Women will take that statement that you made and say like, "I really don't feel appreciated," and then flip it and be like, "You don't feel appreciated? Have you ever thought about how I feel about this?" Yeah. And it's like, God damn. So when I communicate, this is what I was saying. This is probably going to be bad advice. I, Keith brought it up earlier. We were talking. He said it was an old podcast. And I said, and I, I barely remember this. <laughs> but he said, if you walk in from a long day of work and you're like, damn, my fucking hand is killing me. And she's like, oh, well, that sucks, babe. Hey, um, can we go over to her and, do, and uh, go to Walmart earlier? Uh, no. If you mentioned that you got a hand that's hurting you in excruciating pain. Right, you don't got to be crying or nothing, and she's just like, "Oh, that sucks, babe." You want to go to Walmart? We got some stuff we want to get there. When a woman will just brush off something like that, you fucking get rid of her. Get rid of her. <laughs> if you come in there and you express that your hand is in excruciating pain, and you might need to go to the doctor, whatever the case, I'm not saying a woman should to, should kiss your ass and say, "Oh my god, oh my god, I'm so sorry, baby." Uh, but she, if she does not show a level of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. at least, I'm talking about not joy, screaming, or angry or sad, just a little bit of enthusiasm towards your situation, get rid of her ass. Mm-hmm. Don't stick around like a lot of men and just be fucking numb. You know how many men been in a relationship for 35 years and they just numb? Yeah. Just going through the motions. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, that's terrible, man. I've I've man, I've listened to some dudes, especially truck drivers, truck drivers that were so numb that they were like, yeah, I was over the road for a while and I came home. My wife was cheating on me, but I understand I was gone a lot. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This dude you're bl- working hard. It's not your fault that you your wife cheated on you. It's bruh. It it's so and he said that to me, and I was just like, bro, I was like, hey, dude, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you basically is like, I, I understand. You know, I was gone a lot. Like, what do you yeah, mean you understand? Yeah. Nah, man, your wife is just a whore. She's in there with Coach Brown, man. <laughs> I know you've been out of there on that truck, man, but I had to fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can't do that. I went from football cleats to I went from football cleats to clap cleats. <laughs> <laughs> I went to football cleats to clapping cheeks. Coach Brian about to take it all the way home, baby. Throw that bull jump back. Give me that bull jump. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the name of the podcast. Bull, bull jump. Bull jump. <laughs> bull jump. Yeah, man. Yeah. What I would, what I, my advice to women though in this case would be, before you even come to a conclusion of what's going on with your boyfriend or your husband, I want you to reference every man you've ever dated and every man you've ever known, and then look at the differences between your boyfriend and those men. 
If you have a father that you've never seen a tear come down his face, a brother, a uncle, a cousin, um, any other men that you know, and then your actual boyfriend can articulate his feelings, and he's not overly emotional, but it's just something that's on his heart and it's really affecting him. I think that's your time to step up and, yeah. or at least listen. That the biggest thing is just listening, man. Yeah. Like, and I I can see it. Like I, me being a man, um, I will say that there's been certain cases where, like, um, you know, like certain things affect people in, in certain ways. And you know, I, I'll, I'll talk to people even that's older than me. Um, you know, that they'll be dealing with death. And I'll just give them the space. I'd be like, yo, you know, like, hey, OG, it's, it's cool to cry. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you feel, you know, it's okay to cry. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in your loan, your loan time or, you know, at the funeral or whatever the case may be. Um, and just letting them know that it's okay. Because even some, I just, I just think that women, like, you know, they, they, they are like, uh, you know, kind of, they have a different set of emotions, um, the men and they express it and in different ways generally, but I think coming from a man, you know, just saying like, you know, you've done that, that this yourself, mm-hmm. um, just giving them that space. Like, Hey man, it is cool. Like I, I cried when X and Y happened, you know, oh, it's man. okay for you to do the same. Oh yeah. And, <clears throat> and I think you learn, I think you learn about, you know, not to suppress your tears or your emotion, but you learn when you cry in front of a woman in an inopportune time. Mm-hmm. Right. I've done it before. And then you you pay attention to how she's looking at you or you know what happens after that. Yeah. And the the amount of coldness that that woman will have is like, man, you you'll have a eyes full of tears cuz you going through some shit. And then through all the tears you look in and you look at her and there is like this look of like what the fuck is your problem? I've had that happen. Yeah. Swear to God. And it was it was one of the like it was one of the most how do you say? It was like a wake up moment. And it's not and it's not that I was wrong for having the emotions at that time, but it was like as a man, I have to understand who I'm doing this around and also is the situation worth me having tears over? Have I matured and have I learned how to articulate my feelings enough to where I don't come to this conclusion to where I'm just crying in front of a person that's going to treat me like this? Mm-hmm. It's a terrible feeling. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's crazy. You, you cry in front of your mama as a kid, they'll give you a hug. You know what I'm saying? Or your aunt, they'll give you a hug. Yeah. But it, these the, those type of women, don't. they're not like other women. These women will help you and nurture you. For but sure, but it's yeah, a lot of moms, women out in the world. Sure. You get with them, yeah. You'll that, learn that's real that's quick. The, that's your measuring stick, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. I think I remember once I at, at my uncle's funeral, I was crying, and I I could just remember my mom put her hand on my back, and it was just like like the worries of the world were like mm-hmm. oh like it was over. I don't know what it was, but just something about her hand on my back just kind of like relieved so much tension in my whole entire life. Yeah. And um, you know that's kind of like the measuring stick for like what uh, what your partner should be doing. Oh, and I think, man. and you know what you said earlier is 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 important. Like I know for me, like even earlier today, I came out of uh, the room. I was actually talking to you, mm-hmm. and I had like 
don't know if it was some allergies or whatever. It mm-hmm. might have been a little bit cold or whatever, but I was sniffling and I was staring out the window. Um, and uh, my girl had came into the house and then she like she was like, Baby, are you okay? And I I heard her the first time, but I thought she was talking to like the something else, like the dog or whatever the case may be. And she was like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, I'm good. And then, you know, she was just like, Oh, okay. Like she was like, How you doing? I was like, Yeah, I'm good. And um I could I could tell that she was like she thought I was crying or something mm, like that. A genuine concern. Yeah. Um but I say that to say, like, you know, sometimes people deal with women that don't have that capacity. That right. Don't actually, you know, she might be like, she might be like, what's wrong with you? You know what Oh, I mean? my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think to add to, the, like, the, the dramatic, like, imagine what, what your girl seen when she came into the room. Mm-hmm. You know, she's seen that nappy hair, the back of it. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing the hair and then hearing sniffles? That's got to be tears. <laughs> you can just imagine like the cinematic, like and you add some like very like uh, like kind of sad old Western music behind the whole. Mm-hmm. It's like. Baby, are you OK? I'm I'm mighty fine, man. I had me a Western bacon. (laughs) Oh, you just, you really just did that sound. (laughs) I reckon I'm okay. (laughs) I reckon I'm going to be all right after the sun hit, after the sun laps over that mountain over there, over yonder. I'll be all right, baby. It'll be all right. Mm. This is the sun downtown. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Imagine Deion Sanders in the Western. (laughs) He's like, hey, man, what y'all doing over here? Look here, boy. This is the sun downtown. What you mean, sundown? Look here, I'm Coach Prime. Sundown, sun up, don't matter what it is. We're going to play some football. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. That's funny. He going to turn that shit into a speech. Oh, this is sundown town, huh? That. <laughs> well, look, we going to get down in the sundown or sun up. It don't matter. We going to get up. As long as the boss is in Shador's hand, we going to be all right, baby. I don't think you heard me correctly, boy. We don't like niggers over here. <laughs> I mean, I know you don't like blacks. It's all good, man. But as long as you support the Colorado Buffaloes, it's all good. I just released some new shades, man. Everybody get out there and get my brand new shades. <laughs> that nigga Dion is hilarious. Dion bro. is changing the lives of people. Yeah. He, they said he did like one point some million. One point eight million or some shit. Overnight, boy. He, yeah, he gonna be like, I don't know. I'm I'm so excited for like what the future holds. Branding is insane. Yeah. He should just come out with his own <laughs> brand called Bull Jump. That shit would go crazy. <laughs> it's like a woman's clothing line. Oh man. <laughs> Throw that bull jump back. <laughs> Give me my theme music. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You know what'd be crazy? Bro, I would love to play for Deion Sanders. Oh, if I was God. a top recruit in the country right now, um, and I was looking for a place to play football. Um, sign me up. Dion changed his song, like it's a different song this year. Because uh-huh. uh, at, at Jackson State, it was uh, uh, "Give Me My Theme Music." Doom, 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 doom. 
ding, ding. Mm-hmm. But this year it's like, give me my thing music. And it's like, we'll be crunk to get you. Yeah. Dion, he told this story, and I'm going to probably butcher the story, but he told this story. Um, you know, obviously him and uh, Bo Jackson, uh, Bo Jackson was at Auburn. Yes. At Auburn, yeah. I think Bo Jackson was an upperclassman. Dion was a, like a true freshman. And he was telling this story about like, you know, how uh, it's a classic, you know, video where, you know, Dion tried to like run him down and then he like uh, Bo Jackson stiff armed him and then he went on to like score or something like that. And then he was the way he tells the story is hilarious and I'm not going to do a great job of it. But he was just saying like, yeah, I was I ran Bo Jackson down. And he put his four he put his palm on my forehead and he prayed for me and he said, I hope you're gonna be one of the greatest football players to ever play this game. And then he shoot me away and I went on to do that. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. I think the funniest thing about a person that doesn't cuss is the words they use to yeah. to like um Substitute the word. Yeah, he like man. You mean you mother freakers ain't doing what you need to be doing out there? Nah, I heard uh, it was at Bakersfield Christian. Coach Carr. It's uh, Derek and David. Yeah, it's the, the older one. The, yeah, it's uh, I don't mi- know. Middle. It needs a middle. Yeah, I don't think he's older than David. I think David is. Yeah, the but he was a he was he's a big. He the one that didn't play quarterback. Yeah, the big one. Yep. He coaches. He's a head coach at Bakersfield Christian. And uh, I don't know, somebody, you know how it is. Coaches be mad at everything. Yeah. Uh, but player might have missed a tackle or ran the wrong play or something like that. And he's just like, it's Bakersfield Christian, mind you. And he's just like, what the frick, man? And I'm just like, that just sounds so stupid. <laughs> what, the, what the frick? That just sounds stupid. It sounds like something Charlie Chaplin would have said if they if he had audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, but but the way Dion De- is just cool, so everything he say sound cool. But some Chris, people they just need to Christian people got to have some of the most like rated PG sex ever. <laughs> he be like, "That's right, throw that, throw that v- vaginal back, <laughs> the vaginal, throw that, throw that vaginal." <laughs> Ain't no curse words in that bedroom. <laughs> ah, frick me, frick me, <laughs> frick me. <laughs> 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 Oh, I will man. not use the Lord's name in vain. I will not use the Lord's <laughs> name in vain. <laughs> oh man! I, honestly, I think Christian people—that's the only time they they curse—is in the bedroom, and then yeah. afterwards they just pray about it. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's what they—they they said. Lupe Fiasco used to do that. What? Used to do that. What do you mean? He used to like when he was about to, because you know he uh, he's Muslim. He's like Muslim, yeah. So. They say he used to pray like before he he was about to uh, fornicate or something like that. Wow, yeah, that's be crazy. And if you Muslim, that means you're not really even saying, "Oh my God," it's like Allah. <laughs> so you in there like Allah? That <laughs> Allah, 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 Allah. They be like, "Oh my God." <laughs> yeah, what's going on in there? <laughs> right. Yeah, we're going a little too far left here. Mm. Let's go. Let's let's uh. Wrap this thing up here soon. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll close it out with this one. This is a short topic here. Uh, switching gears. Um, the, a Roman Empire question. There's been a t- viral TikTok thing going on where women are asking their husbands or boyfriends, according to a new TikTok trend, men think about the Roman Empire all the time. I, I, I don't. I don't know why this is a thing, but apparently there's some men that think about the Roman Empire. 
Um, this says, what do Nicki Minaj... I don't want to read all that shit. Uh, in the trend on TikTok, women record their interactions with their husbands or boyfriends in which they ask them how often they think about the Roman Empire or to share the last time they thought about it. Based on their answers, if you haven't been thinking about the Roman Empire as frequently as every day or at least three to four times a month, you're doing it wrong. These men, these men in videos are serious in their answers, attempting to defend their responses as completely normal when their partners are shocked to learn what a huge part of their interior lives this historical period plays. Okay, so I don't know how this became a thing, right? But, however, I don't think it doesn't matter whatever you do. Like, as a man, it's going to be labeled as weird, right? Yeah. I don't know why it is. My thing is, is there's always something, I'm pretty sure there's something women think about, and I wouldn't even label it weird because I don't want to label your thoughts weird. Like, if you asked a woman, do they think about Lululemon leggings and fucking Starbucks? I'm pretty sure that was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or an hour ago. Yeah, an hour ago. Maybe mm-hmm. fucking 15 minutes ago. But, like, the Roman Empire is a, it's, it is a major topic. It's right up there with, like, you know, the idea of the pyramids and things. <clears throat> I think about the pyramids a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, but at least, hey, we, we get accused of thinking about sex all the time as men. But then we think about a historical event in world history, and like that's weird too. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe you're you might be a history buff, right? And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I I'm with me. I feel like one of the 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 marvels of the world are the pyramids because not only you know just the the construction of the pyramids, but um, the age of how old they actually are. Like yeah. the, the pyramids were are much older than people. They said, and this is what they said: there is there's potential that these pyramids are so old that during uh, that there's a possibility they were still woolly mammoths mm-hmm. when the construction of the pyramid was created. That's crazy. That's crazy to believe. In Egypt, yes. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. you know, there's there's a potential for that there were still woolly mammoths around, and mm-hmm. there was. Two million six hundred, like two million six hundred thousand stones. Yeah, which is fucking crazy, and they were all cut. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that because there was like, you know, a human species around. One hundred percent, mammoths were around. One hundred percent. What's wild too, though, is how the 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 the, the pyramids were covered in limestone when they first were created. Mm-hmm. That's why you see that uh, it looks like a cap at the top. That it's like it's obviously faded, but it looks like it's cut off mm-hmm. because it was covered in complete limestone. So the pyramids were really, um, how do you call it? They were really shiny. Mm-hmm. They were just covered in this extreme limestone. They were just extremely beautiful structures. Mm-hmm. But over time, it became more dilapidated, you know. Mm-hmm. And they also had etched in all these hieroglyphics in the stones. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's just so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just a nerd history buff person. I don't care. I can't get enough of hearing about the pyramids. Mm. I eventually want to go out there and see it for myself. Yeah, that'd be fire. But yeah, there was a guy, did you know if you land on top of a pyramid, like if you're one of those aerial people, and you're, uh, they call it, I think they call it like sky, not skydiving, but sky gliding, where you're like on a glider, just mm-hmm. going in, in the air. They say if you land on the pyramid, like if you land on it, that's automatic three years in prison. Yeah. And this dude, this dude glided right over the pyramid, and it was he was so close, and it was like at the top, you could see the stones had the etching of hieroglyphics in the top of the stone. I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this is crazy. That's dope. Yeah, but I, I mean, going back to the original 
conversation. I think that it's one of the things that I realized is that um, we all have our own uh, like idiosyncrasies, right. secrecies, or however you say that word. Um, that you know, we like certain things. Like there, there are some people that are infatuated with um, pyramids, or some people that love history, Roman Empire, and and um, the uh, Genghis Khan, and all these other you know historical you know, these empires that ran the world for, you know, a certain section of time. And um, that's okay. You know, that is, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. Um, because everybody has that that thing. For, for me, it may be like Dragon Ball Z or something like that. You know, somebody on, from the outside looking in would be right. like, yo, like, why are you... You know, in your 30s watching Dragon Ball Z, these are just cartoon characters and they like fighting each other and stuff like that. But, you know, as a person that is like really into it and, you know, like really understands the storyline, it's, it's like it's much more in depth. And, right. you know, we don't really know why we are drawn to certain things. Um, it's just the way it is. And I think that, you know, for a, a female to make fun of her man because he likes you know, history is just kind of like, it's kind of weird because if we really looked at it, you know, for, for him, he could, like you, like you were saying earlier, like, you know, he may not know anything about the latest, you know, fall, uh, Starbucks flavors, but he can really tell you something about history, you know, that probably has, you know, a, that yeah. contributes to society in a better way, 100%. you know, and he's, and I would I wouldn't imagine he's making a video like, "Hey, babe, uh, who's the, who's the owner of or the founder of Starbucks?" and laughing at you because you right know, or do you know that the first Starbucks was in Seattle or whatever yeah. it was? Like, yeah, you know. the the Roman the Roman Empire had a significant role in like a lot of other like um, uh, I guess empires or society as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like when they when even the even the statement Rome wasn't built in a day, mm -hmm. right? Those those things have validity because they all come from that I guess historical context. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, man, I don't I don't see a problem with it. There was yeah. somebody telling me I remember I was I kept bringing up the pyramids on uh, IG, and then this girl went to high school and she's like, dude, just leave it alone, bro. <laughs> right? That's cold. And I was like, no, I don't want to leave it alone. <laughs> I want to hear from people because people kept giving me, um, they kept telling me like, oh man. Like, it was made like this. People were telling me how it was made. I was like, that just sounds like bullshit. Mm -hmm. Even Stonehenge. Like, Stonehenge was, is all these vertically inverted stones in, like, this almost cylinder fashion that are stacked on top of each other that weigh fucking tons. Mm -hmm. They weigh tons. I think, they, think one of them weighs, like, oh, my God. I think I could be wrong. I think they were, like, 20 tons or something. Mm -hmm. And it's insane how they got these stones like that. I, I just don't. He said, well, they just use leverage. It's not that hard to understand. I'm like, <laughs> okay, motherfucker, because you were standing there. So you know you it. You did it. Yeah. You did it. Let me yeah. see something. Let me see if I can look it up right now. I will say though that some of these some of these things may may be a little bit underwhelming. Like if you've seen them in person. But why, why do you say that? I don't know. I, I've just seen like like you you'll see something on Google or in the documentary or whatever, and then like you'll see it in real life, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's that's all. Like that's all that's going on here." But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's a little more crazy than you think. Let me see here. <clears throat> uh, 
Let's see. Uh, for example, the largest stone at Stonehenge weighs around 25 tons. However, the average weight of the stones at Stonehenge is around four tons. Therefore, the total weight of Stonehenge is around 120 tons. And it's supposed to be a burial site also. They've, they got some information saying that it's a burial site. So it's like, bro, there's probably bodies around there and shit. But to get this structure, you got to understand, this is before heavy machinery, mm-hmm. right? So but this is many, many, many moons before fucking heavy machinery. And they got these structures up there. Like, even now, this would be, this would take heavy machines to get this done. You could just get guys and say, hey, we need you to use leverage to get these rocks up there. Yeah, it ain't no roads out there. No, and not to mention that where they, they, they brought these stones from so far away. Same thing with the pyramids. Those those stones were fucking, tr- they traveled so far. Mm-hmm. Supposedly they said they use animal fat or whatever to like push the stones, but it's like, it's been debunked that you can only use so many degrees of leverage mm-hmm. to slide these rocks up an angle for uh, uh, for the pyramids. Yeah. Because they said, oh, they just use animal fat and, and slid the rocks up. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that mother's heavy, bro. Yeah, yeah, get the fuck out of here, bro. You can't tell me that. Don't nobody know. No, nobody know. No, nobody really knows. They just give these bullshit. What they say here? Building Stonehenge, English, and it shows some dude building like a a replica of Stonehenge using leverage. But it's like they they still had to they still had to like move those stones. They still had to they use like supposedly they use wood logs. Mm -hmm. Like they use a bunch of wood logs. Rolled them. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, they rolled Mm -hmm. them. That makes sense. Yeah, but it's like come on, man. And this is before the invention of the wheel. Yeah. So before the invention of the wheel, they just had a bunch of people like, more, roll it. <laughs> Get more wood and roll it. Like, <laughs> I just don't know how effective this shit was, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to make it, I want to be conspiratorial, but it's like, man, if the aliens helped them, I wouldn't be shocked. And now there's all this new talk of aliens, right? Yeah, somebody's seen, they had like some fossils of a of an alien. Yeah, that motherfucker looked like an old. It looked like one of them old pieces of chicken if you leave it in there. Yeah, it looked like yeah, just something. It didn't. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, man, I, I don't want to bore you guys with this. This is you know, this is not a, well, not 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 National Geographic. What's all the history? The History Channel. Mm-hmm. We don't want to turn this into that Discovery Channel. Yeah, Discovery History Channel. I love all those. Mm-hmm. My probably my favorite channel of all time is the Food Network channel. Yeah, I used to watch Food Network. Oh all the my time. god, I be just and I think that's one of the reasons how, why I learned how to cook pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, watching like my mom was a really good cook too though, but <clears throat> watching Bobby Flay and Emeril Lagasse and fucking Rachel Ray, I love yeah. Rachel Ray. Yeah, I had like the biggest crush on Rachel Ray for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah, her and the fucking up and uh, who else was pretty good on there? Uh, dang it, his show's entertaining, but he's not a cook. Is um, Emerald, uh, not Emerald, but um, Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah, this hamburger is bussin'. That with the racist white lady was pretty good too. I used to watch her show. Who? What racist white lady? You know the old white lady. She got. She was. Oh, I guess she said the N word. The yeah. one that had like the cookware and shit. Yeah, I forgot her name. Paula Dean. Paula Dean. Yeah, I used to watch Paula. Paula Dean was like, "We're gonna make us a good pot roast today. Niggers love it. <laughs> it's gonna be a good meal." <laughs> mm, 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 mm. 
<laughs> Me and my friends used to go down to the sundown town. We used to make dinner for all our friends. It was a really good meal, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I ain't got nothing against Paula Dean no more, man. I I think she, you know, made some good food, man. Yeah, she used to I would say out of all the people, especially being black, because you know, like uh Rachel Ray, she used to cook um she used to cook like traditional foods, but she was she used to cook she used to cook like cultural foods too. Yeah, she um, but she would her. always put like her own spin on certain things. Yeah. So it may be a taco, but it would be like kind of like Italian leaning taco. Yeah. Um, but Paula Dean, it was straight like food from the south. Like yeah. macaroni and cheese and, and it would be like real, yeah, real authentic southern food, soul food. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. she did. Cause a lot of black folks and white folks in the South be eating the same shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what you got to do to make this macaroni real thick, add you an extra layer of butter in there, yeah. and just let it sit in there for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Once it's done, roll it around. And what the, you know what they say? Like my mama said, once it's done, go and have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get a mixture of what you want. We got some good old shepherd's pie. You get some yeah. biscuits right on top. And then when it's done, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Me and my friends are big we're big fans of the casseroles that they come through here. <laughs> get some mixed peas and veggies and everybody's having fun. Even the kids love it. <laughs> my little nephew Timmy loves a good bite of that shepherd's pie. I tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. My little nephew Timmy has a friend named DeAndre and he came to the house and he said my fried chicken is better than his mama's. He sure did. And you know, sometimes black fried chicken is hard to beat. <laughs> 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 my biscuits got a little bit of love in them so when i make my biscuits they're not as really as dry as that good old popeye's junk but over here we make some good we ate some good good hometown foods i'll tell you what come on man you got a topic keith come on man i don't got nothing the more. people are waiting on something else man nothing. oh lord <laughs> he has like a husband or, or a brother come in mm, this is really great i'll tell you Uncle Cleese, you should, you really love that shepherd pie. I tell you, <laughs> good old shepherd pie and getting there. Oh man, I got to give me a good old uh, crumble crumble apple pie, just like they used to make back there. Those school the school lunches we used to eat in the nineties, bro. I was thinking, I was like, bro, that might be the best time in school history ever for food. Really? Oh yeah, because the shit we used to eat. Yeah, like we had that that. Uh, Turkey potatoes with gravy on it, the oh, cream fire. turkey. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't find that shit anywhere. Yeah, you, there's a website that actually has some of this shit though. Uh huh. They got all. They got those little graham crackers that had the peanut butter and jelly in them. Oh fire. my god! That's Unmatched. gonna change the game. That gives- square pizzas with the the the, the, the pizzas that had the little square pepperoni. Yeah, you got to give us like five years, and then like. You know, you might see like a Trucker's Mind uh, school lunch restaurant popping oh, up. Oh, dude, that would fucking. Country. I don't see how anybody hasn't done that. Yeah. If you come out with a restaurant that's strictly high school food, like like school cafeteria style, right? Except we, like, the only difference is I probably sell beer, mm-hmm. right? So you got these school lunches with beer. Mm-hmm. Dude, that would be an instant seller. And then breakfast, too. Oh, man, the breakfast, the little fucking pancake corn dog, mm-hmm. you know, with a side of. What's weird about school lunches is they always had the most random shit. It'd be like orange juice with a milk, a slice of pizza, peaches, and like uh, a fruit cup or some shit. 
You know, you know how we really take over. This this is the game right here. What's that? We do a food truck, right? Mm-hmm. But the food truck is uh, is a school bus. Oh fuck! We de- we rip out all the seats. Talk heavy. Put put all the the fixings in there, the stove and all the electric stuff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we just pull up in one of these parking lots, and we oh do it. We do God. it day by. We have like a lunch menu day by day. So oh on Mondays we got the little square pizzas. Tuesdays we got the turkey and the gravy. Oh my God. Wednesdays we got the little cheese sticks, the little mozzarella joints, and then wow. you know whatever you know following after that. So. Holy shit, that's major. I think if you went on Instagram and said, "Hey, we're gonna be on Chester." today hey we're gonna be on white lane today we'll sell out we'll be done They'll sell and the cold out. part about it is we not cooking this is all pre-made food <laughs> all we doing is warming up 20 pizzas wow holy shit and the marketing would be crazy that'd be crazy especially yeah. the i think one of the most toxic environments for a- anyone though was the school bus it might bring back too much trauma <laughs> School buses was the worst back in the day. They had some of the worst fucking kids on my school bus. Yeah. The bus driver would be like, we had a bus driver that was like, please stop. Like, oh, my God, stop. I'm like, dude, you guys are going to drive this bus driver fucking nuts. The only thing we would do is do a short a short yellow bus. Oh, the short one? Yeah. So everybody the food go- would go dumb. <laughs> everybody in the bus have a helmet on? God damn it, Keith. You really do know how to fuck up a good story. <laughs> This guy is so crazy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I go stupid and dumb when you ride the little yellow bus. I was thinking, like, uh, I was telling you the other day, and this is completely unrelated, Mm -hmm. but like, if you told a woman to stay, if you told a woman to stay in her place, she would just go to Target. (laughs) That's comedy. That's a good joke. (laughs) Stay in your place. (laughs) She just drive to Target. Get in the car and drive off, go to Target. Oh, man. Let's That's go ahead and wrap nice. this thing up, man. Yeah. You know what, folks? If you made it to the end of this thing, we appreciate you, man. Be sure to head over to a trucker's mind, uh, a truckersmind.com uh, to buy some merch. Uh, head over to a underscore trucker's mind uh, underscore podcast on Instagram to follow us there. Um, head on over to you can check me out on TikTok. We'll check the podcast out. We really we're not super active on there because. Mm-hmm. TikTok kind of stinks for content creators. Um, but you can head on over there and head over to ATM Pod for a friendly donation uh, to the Cash App. Well, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K Fiends. We're out of here. All right, peace. <laughs>